to preach the gospel to yourself. You need to draw near to the cross. You need to be rekindled by that fire because you cannot walk away from the heat and hold on to that heat. You have to come back to it, to be warmed up by the hearth. We need church to minister the gospel, to wash over us. We need fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And I gotta tell you, once a week is not enough, especially in the climate in which we're, the coldness of the world in which we live. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we'll continue our preparations for Thanksgiving tomorrow as we look at Psalm 63 and discuss how to seek the Lord and set our priorities right and why we need the gospel as a constant in our life to remind us how rich a gift we have been given in Christ. Stay tuned for that message. But first, we'll be joined once again by our good friend Jared Wilson talking about his excellent Advent devotional. The many voices are coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. One of the points that we emphasize here on the Songtime broadcast on a regular basis is how important it is for us to to be renewed in our understanding of the gospel. Many of us who were saved, especially myself at a young age, it's it's easy for us to rely upon the gospel as something that happened to us in the past, many, many years ago. But the truth is the gospel is something that is still happening to us and it's in our understanding of the gospel on a daily basis. Those are the moments that we grow in or we are transformed into the image of Christ. Except it happens that for many of us, the gospel, although it's being presented all around us, it becomes white noise. We're so used to hearing it that uh, we don't actually ponder it. We don't allow it to affect us. And and we would certainly miss it if it wasn't there, uh, but we probably aren't being impacted by it as we should. And we even run the risk of doing that here on the Songtime broadcast. I know a lot of people are listening to us casually as they're going about their day, driving somewhere or uh, doing some chores around the house. And it's very easy to have this background noise that's comforting, but to not fully engage with that uh, conversation to where it affects us. Here is a word of point. When's the last time you went through a Christmas season and you were overwhelmed in tears and in utter devotion, realizing the gift that God has given to us through his son, Jesus Christ. It's all around us. The whole story is happening all around us on a regular basis, but is it happening inside of us? That is the question. Well, our guest today is Jared Wilson, and he's written a book called Gifts of Grace. It is a 25 uh, Advent Day devotional. It's a great resource because each of the chapters talks about a various gift that is expounding upon the gospel. If you want to be really moved and motivated by the gospel, you want to become closer in your walk with Christ, this is an excellent Advent devotional. And Jared, this is a subject that I'm sure many of our listeners struggle with because they are so familiar with the gospel, it's hard for them to really resonate with it in a very important way. So how do each of these gifts play into that as a part of your book? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the, um, I think, helping people to slow down is to think about deeper things. You have to slow down to think deeply and to um, and to see... Um, you know, at least as rightly as we're able, given our, our fallenness and given our brokenness, um, the bigness of the glory of Jesus. Uh, we can't quite wrap our, our arms around what the, the incarnation is, but we can understand it biblically. But to actually stagger uh, about the reality that, that God 
you know, became man, that God put on flesh, um, is, you know, it, it, it requires us to kind of sit still. <laughs> and um, it, it's not a drive-through kind of idea. Um, and so, you know, you know, part of using um, each day to kind of look at things and part of using the songs, as you said, is to kind of extend our thinking about some of the doctrinal concepts, particularly the incarnation, but other things as well, propitiation, you know, some of the things that we receive through, um, you know, Christ's atoning work as, as well. I'm, I think that there may be a few aspects, um, you know, uh, a few gifts on certain days that are things that aren't very common in, um, in some Advent devotions. And one of the things that I'm, I, I was, um, you know, somewhat reluctant to do coming in, but just because of what an Advent devotion is supposed to be, but then became very eager to do was to just talk about as if Christ has already come because he's already come. And um, I think I tell the story about someone getting on to me once about singing Christmas songs before December 25th, because Jesus hasn't come yet. And I was like, well, I understand the spirit of Advent is this expectation. His birth is December 25th. Well, that's when we celebrate. But at the same time, in reality, Jesus Christ has come. He is reigning with the father and I at least want to um, operate on a dual plane here of, um, you know, the spirit of anticipation, uh, but, fr- but from the, you know, from the reality that Jesus has died, he has risen again, he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, and so I just unabashedly write about the expectation from a sense of um, he has fulfilled his commitment to us in the, in the cross and resurrection. Mm. I think that's actually really important because what we're doing here for the Advent series is not just anticipating the incarnation, but we're looking forward to our own present need for Christ to come again uh, and building that anticipation because sometimes I think it's very easy for us to lose sight of the fact that we're supposed to be longing for the new heaven and the new earth, the, the new creation. Uh, just as we long for Christmas, we're meant as Christians, we got to teach ourselves that. It's, a, it's almost like a spiritual discipline, Advent in some way, to cultivate in our heart that desire to long for what Christ has promised to do. That's exactly right. And I think, you know, even things like, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, um, you know, Paul um, writes about in Galatians 5, as, as um, you know, the antithesis to the works of the flesh that's really a picture of Christ himself. This is the character of Christ. And it's a commitment that the Holy Spirit is making to make us, you know, to conform us more to the image of Christ because Christ was kind. He was self-controlled. He was peaceful. He was gentle. Those things actually are the disposition of someone who's uh, secure, whose, um, whose future is, is not in doubt. There is a, a conviction about, about things, even if we can't see them. Um, you know, that's what, what our hope is. That's what our faith is, that, that um, we are walking by faith. We have a conviction about things that are invisible yet to us. And so even though we live in very hectic times, very dire times, and we don't know how long this history thing is going to play out, we know that the Lord has said He's coming soon, and we can actually have a peace, we can have a patience, we can have self-control, uh, precisely because we know that He has come, and we know that He is coming again. And um, we can we can slow down, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you know, in, in anticipation of the second advent, we can actually sort of slow down in our responses and our sense of anxiety and our sense of, um, you know, trying to get our hands on things and, and, and make 
something of, of things ourselves, to have our own way, we can actually turn these things over to the Lord and have a sense of, of anticipation and, um, and slowness ourselves, knowing that um, he's not going to leave us hanging. We've been talking with Jared Wilson about his book, an excellent Advent devotional called Gifts of Grace. Each chapter unpacks a new sort of Advent calendar, a little box that reminds us of the gift of what Christ has given to us in our salvation. It's a great resource to help hold that gospel in front of your eyes over the Christmas season so that you don't miss it for yourself. You don't want to miss the the inevitable joy of knowing Christ for Christmas. You don't want your friends to miss it, but we need to cherish this so that they'll see our countenance changed and ask us about the hope that we have in Christ. This is an excellent resource. It's right in time for you to get a copy before the Advent series, the 25 Days of Christmas. So give us a call today, 508-362-7070, or head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, today we are continuing our preparations for tomorrow. Thanksgiving requires a lot of prep work. You got to get ready ahead of time. And there are so many distractions, especially during the holiday season, that it's very easy for us to not to neglect ourselves in a spiritual sense. When we count our blessings, when you sit and with your family, you start to consider all of the things that you're grateful for. Are we treasuring the gifts or are we treasuring the giver of those gifts? Are we worshiping God during Thanksgiving? Are we giving him thanksgiving? Well, in this message from Psalm 63, I share with us how, how important it is to hold the gospel before our eyes on a regular basis, to be warmed by the work of Christ, to be comforted by it, to be moved by it, so that we are ready to share what is truly important to give thanks for during this Thanksgiving season. Here is my message from Psalm 63. In a dry and weary land where there is no water, my heart longs for God, a thirst for God, for the living God, the living water. That when you drink that water, you will thirst no more, Jesus says to the woman at the well in John 4. Just one taste, one sip, that would satisfy your soul forever. Okay, I want that water. Same thing the woman at the well said. I, where is this water? Where is this well? And where are you going to get this water from? In this context, we see in verse 2, David is actually showing us and modeling for us how we seek the Lord, how we cultivate that thirst in our heart, how do we get back to that passion and that desire again. And in verse 2 he says, So I have looked upon you, in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. And I would say the first thing that we need to do to regenerate that passion and that desire that we have in our hearts is to look. Ironically enough, Hebrews 11.6, God rewards those who diligently seek him, is followed by Hebrews 12.2. Looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. What we need is to look again, to be rekindled by the work that Christ has accomplished for us. This says to look at the holiness, the glory, and the majesty of God. Where is that more personified for us as New Testament believers 
than what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. Even in the book of Revelation, Jesus is constantly held up as our our point of worship because he is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. The lamb who was slain for you and for me. And this is what we ought to look to. If you listen to Songtime Radio, you hear me say this all of the time. You need to preach the gospel to yourself. You need to draw near to the cross. You need to be rekindled by that fire because you cannot sustain this on your own. You cannot walk away from the heat and hold on to that heat. You have to come back to it to be warmed up by the hearth. We need church to minister the gospel, to wash over us. We need fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And I've got to tell you, once a week is not enough, especially in the climate in the which world, the coldness of the world in which we live. You need the gospel in your own heart. You need it daily, and you need to minister first and foremost to yourself, but you need other people to minister that in you. And if you need them, they need you. We need to look to Jesus. We need to see his glory. We need to sit at the foot of the cross. You say, I get that. I get the gospel. I understand the gospel. I call it like evangelical turkeys. We talk about the gospel so much, we sound like turkeys. Gospel, 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 gospel. No, 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 we need to, we need to sit with it. We need to sit with it a little bit. We need to understand it, what Christ truly accomplished for us, what he truly accomplished for you. You cannot sit with it long enough without being changed. You cannot be, you cannot sit there without it drawing you in. And if you can, then there's something wrong with you. Your heart is so hardened and so cold that it can't be warmed by the cross. This is a point for you to confess your sins, to repent and ask Jesus to break into your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh that can resonate with what he has accomplished for you. You need to look at the glory of Christ on his cross. It says here in verse 3, because your steadfast love is better than life. In Hebrew, this word steadfast love, translated in many different ways, mercy in different ways. The word is chesed. It's a real Hebrew word. You've got to have that guttural. Chesed. It's a hard word to translate into English, to be honest with you. And scholars have struggled with this, but it is always tied to the covenant of God that he has made a promise to us that he will not break. This steadfast love, this constant reminder that he shows mercy to us should comfort us. This is the gospel in the Old Testament. This is a reminder that it is God's work, not our work, that saves us. And that is comforting, is it not? That it's not dependent upon you because you know how easy it is for you to grow cold. You know how easy it is to stumble and fall. You know how easy it is to, to grow distant and numb and feel, feel like there's nothing left to give. You know how it feels to be empty. Praise God, it's not about you. It's not about your feelings. It's about what Christ has done for you, what he has accomplished for you. And it is his promises, not your promises, that assure you closeness to Christ. Because of your steadfast love, because it is better than life, my lips will praise you. And here is the, the next admonition I would give to you. In your moments of anxiety, in your moments of struggle, your tendency is to focus on the problem. Again, to try to fix it because we're, we try to have the fight or flight mentality. We either distance ourselves from the problem and try to pretend like it doesn't exist, or we try to, run, we try to fight it, we try to push into it, we try to fix it. Neither one of those are, are very successful. We can all acknowledge that, right? The Bible says, in the middle of your anxiety, in the middle of your fear, in the middle of your struggle, you praise the Lord. 
This is, not, this is not a simple prescription, but it is a biblical prescription. In your weakness, in your greatest trouble, focus on Jesus. Acknowledge him in all of your ways, and he will direct your paths. Look to him, praise him, and he will make things right. Now, this doesn't mean that he's going to fix whatever you're dealing with. If you, can, you know, like, could control God, it's like, all right, God, I'll praise you. Now, fix the problem I'm facing. But he certainly will change your perspective. He certainly will walk you through it. You know, Philippians 4 tells us, don't be anxious in anything. Okay, wow, that's, <laughs> that's harsh. The Psalms show us how to not be anxious in anything. The Psalms give give words to our emotions. The Psalms give context to how we're feeling, and it teaches us how to address them. And he says here in the Psalms, the book of the Bible that is our central worship and prayer book, the Psalms tell us when you're in a crisis, praise God. Praise him for your struggles. Praise him for the circumstances that he's pulling you through. Praise him because he is holding all things together by the power of his will. Praise him because he is greater than the circumstances that you face. Praise him because he loves you. Praise him because he is worthy of your praise. And you know what? When you start to focus on Christ instead of your problem, your problems grow. What's that song? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. When you look to Jesus, when you worship him, the problems that you're facing dissipate in a remarkable way. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. In the middle of your struggle, you want to know how to seek the Lord? Thirst for him. Look to him and praise him. That's it. Does it get any simpler than that? It seems too simple, but that's it. That's what the psalmist teaches us. A quick shout out to my mom. It's her birthday today. Always being so close to Thanksgiving, it often gets overlooked, but uh, it is a special day to honor our parents, honor our loved ones, and uh, birthdays are a great time to do that, to call them up or to be there in person and to show them how much we value them. God values each and every one of us, and it is not wrong for us to lavish love on others, especially during these holiday seasons where we'll be gathering together with friends and family and relatives. It's great to express love. We can show people that we are children of God because we love one another. And this holiday season, we're talking about how to be great witnesses, how to share our faith with those around us. One of the things that we can do is demonstrate by showing love and kindness and going out of our way to do something special for people, especially those who don't expect it. Maybe it's your neighbor. You take them over a cup of cookies, maybe some of your leftovers from Thanksgiving. Maybe you know somebody who is not able to be with their family. You invite them over to your family family dinner, and all of these ways that we can demonstrate that we are loving our neighbors as ourselves, as Christ taught us to love. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not only a command, it's also something that we cultivate as we spend time with Christ. We understand the gift that he has given to us, and we, we demonstrate as we use love, as we share love with others, it fills our reservoir and our, our hearts and our souls. We're called to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if we're not using that, 
If we're not using love and demonstrating that towards others, then what happens is that well dries up. So with this whole season, all of the holiday season, thinking about how we're going to be better witnesses and advance the kingdom of God, consider going out of your way to show love, to demonstrate love to your family, uh, your neighbors, people in your community, and particularly your church and your favorite ministries. If you've been blessed by the Songtime Ministry, show us a little love. With your end-of-the-year donation, we can continue to carry on this gospel message throughout New England and the Northeast, and, and hopefully even to go beyond that. We want to grow this ministry, but we can only do so with your love, your prayers, and your financial support. Write to us. I know this has been a difficult year and you have experienced it. We've certainly experienced it. But this is a time of year where love and giving is in its peak. So consider giving to us by writing to Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, or you can look us up on social media. But don't forget to tune in again tomorrow in the midst of all of your Thanksgiving celebrations. Be sure to listen to the Songtime broadcast, whether here on the radio or listen online at songtime.com, as we talk about how to count our blessings in the morning and how to reflect on them in the evening. How you orient yourself in the morning is going to set the the parameters of what you do throughout the day. It seems simple, but it is literally the most important advice I think I could give you today. To start your day with the Word of God. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.